Israel's family moved to Egypt and were saved from the famine. They were fruitful, increased abundantly, and filled the land. But after a few hundred years, the Egyptian political system had changed with a new king who knew not Joseph. He said the children of Israel were now more and mightier than the Egyptians, and warned what could happen if they joined with their enemies in a war. The king put them into bondage, and they were afflicted with taskmasters that made them build treasure cities for Pharaoh. But the more afflicted they were, the more they multiplied and prospered. The Egyptians made their lives bitter with hard bondage, as they made bricks and served them in the fields. And the children of Israel, who believed they were God's covenant people, wondered why he allowed them to suffer. The king told two Hebrew midwives named Shifra and Puah to kill all the male babies born to the Israelites and only allow the daughters to live. But they feared God, or reverenced him, and did not kill them. The king heard this and asked, Why have ye saved the men children alive? The midwives said that Hebrew women were more lively or strong than Egyptian women, and their babies were born before they got there to deliver them. God dealt well with these midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. Because Shipra and Puah feared God, he gave them houses or households. Pharaoh was angry and told the Israelites to drown every male baby in the river and allow only the daughters to live. A Levite man married a woman named Jochebed. She had a son and hid him for three months, then made a waterproof ark of bulrushes. This word for ark only appears one other time in the scriptures and refers to the ark Noah made to save his family. She put her baby into the basket and placed it in the weeds by the riverbank, while her daughter stood in the distance to watch what would happen. Pharaoh's daughter came with her maidens to wash in the river and saw the ark. She sent her maid to bring it to her, and when she opened it, she had compassion on the crying baby boy and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Moses' sister went to her and asked if she should call a Hebrew woman to nurse him. She agreed, and Moses' sister brought her own mother back. Pharaoh's daughter then said she would pay her to take the baby and nurse him until he was old enough to live with her. Jochebed then was able to nurse and spend time with her own son until she took him to live with Pharaoh's daughter. The baby became her son, and she called him Moses, meaning to draw out, because she drew him out of the water. Moses grew up, and as he went out and looked on his brethren's burdens, he saw an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew slave. When he saw there was no one else around, he slew the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day, two Hebrew men asked why he'd killed the Egyptian, and if he'd also kill them. Moses was afraid that people knew what he'd done, and when Pharaoh heard about it, he went to slay Moses. Moses fled Egypt and went to the land of Midian. As he sat by a well, the priest of Midian's seven daughters came to water their sheep. Shepherds drove away their flocks, and Moses stood up to help them, and then watered the sheep. They returned earlier than usual because of Moses' help, and their father Jethro asked what had happened. They told him about the Egyptian who delivered them from the shepherds and watered their flock. He told them to bring Moses to eat bread with them. Moses came to live with them and married Jethro's daughter Zipporah. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, the king died, and the Israelites cried because of their bondage. God heard their groaning and remembered the covenant he'd made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
He looked upon them and had respect or took notice of their hardships. Moses led Jethro's flock through the desert to the mountain of God named Horeb, which is also Mount Sinai, where he received the Ten Commandments. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of a bush, and he saw that while it burned, it was not consumed by the flames. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And when the Lord saw this, he called his name. And Moses answered, Here am I. The Lord told him to put off his shoes, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground, and said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses was afraid to look upon God and hid his face. The Lord said that he'd seen the Israelites' afflictions, heard their cries, and knew their sorrows. He'd come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them to a good and large land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord said he would send Moses to Pharaoh to bring forth his people out of Egypt. Moses asked, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and do this? And the Lord told him, Certainly I will be with thee. Moses asked what name he should tell the children of Israel, who the God of their fathers was, that sent him to them. God said, I am that I am, and to tell them that I am had sent him to them. He told Moses to gather the elders of Israel and tell them what he'd seen, and what the Lord had said to tell them. The Lord said he would stretch out his hand and smite Egypt with all his wonders. Then Pharaoh would let the Israelites go. Moses said that people would not believe or hearken to his voice, and the Lord asked what was in his hand. Moses said it was a rod, and the Lord told him to cast it to the ground, and it turned into a serpent. Moses ran away, and the Lord told him to pick it up by its tail, and it became a rod again. He then told Moses to put his hand into his bosom, and when he pulled it out, it had leprosy. He told Moses to put it back, and when he pulled it out again, it was normal. The Lord said if the people would not believe these two signs, then Moses should take water from the river and pour it on the ground, and it would turn into blood. Moses said that he was not eloquent and was slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said that he had made his mouth and would teach him what to say. Moses was still afraid, and the Lord said his brother Aaron could speak well, and would go with him as his spokesman. He would tell them what to say, and told Moses to take the rod to show Pharaoh the three signs. The Lord told Moses to return to Egypt, and that all who wanted to kill him were now dead. Moses asked Jethro to let him return to his brethren in Egypt, and Jethro told him to go in peace. Moses took his wife and sons and returned to Egypt with the rod of God in his hand. The Lord told Moses to do all the wonders he had asked him to do, but Pharaoh would harden his heart and not let the children of Israel go. The Lord told Aaron to go to Moses in the wilderness, and they met in the Mount of God. Moses told Aaron what the Lord had said, and about the signs he was commanded to show Pharaoh. They gathered the elders of the children of Israel, and Aaron told them what the Lord had said to Moses, and did the signs in front of them. They believed, and when they heard the Lord had visited them, and looked upon their affliction, they bowed their heads in worship. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, 
that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Pharaoh asked who the Lord was, and why he should obey his voice to let them go. He said, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Moses and Aaron said the God of the Hebrews told them to make a three-day journey into the desert and make a sacrifice unto him. But the king said they were not to take the people from their work, and now they would no longer be given straw to use when they made bricks, but would have to gather it for themselves while still making the same number of bricks. The people scattered throughout Egypt to gather stubble, and their leaders were beaten when they could not make as many bricks as they had been told to. They cried to Pharaoh and asked why he dealt with them this way. The people were angry with Moses and Aaron, that they were now in a worse condition than before. Moses asked the Lord why he had sent him, and that since he'd spoken to Pharaoh, he had done evil to the children of Israel, and they still had not been delivered. Moses was told he would soon see what the Lord would do to Pharaoh, and how he would soon let the people go and drive them out of the land with a strong hand. He said, I am the Lord, who had appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but had not revealed his name Jehovah to them. The Lord said he had established and remembered his covenant to give them the land of Canaan, and had heard their groaning and bondage. He told Moses to tell the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and rid them of their bondage. He would redeem them with a stretched-out arm and with great judgment, and they would know that he was the Lord their God that brought them from under the burdens of the Egyptians. The Lord then charged Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. We learn in Exodus that God does not forget his people. He remembers his covenants with his children and fulfills them in his own time and way. He has power to free us from any bondage, and said, I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under your burdens. And this is Exodus chapters 1 through 6 in the Old Testament. Look for hidden images located throughout the video. You can download a coloring page and activity puzzles for each section on Etsy at PonderFun. Visit our new PonderFun.com website and Facebook page to find more fun things to do, and you can listen to these as a podcast. Please like and share these videos with anyone you think might enjoy them. Also, please subscribe to this PonderFun YouTube channel, and you'll be notified whenever I make new videos. Thanks again for watching, and find some time this week to ponder.